one and only Anna Hutchins, who's now going to come and bring the word this morning and really encourage us around the word. So why don't you give her a hand in your homes right now as she comes to bring the word. Thanks, Ben. Hello, everyone. Great to see you in your living rooms, hopefully with your cups of tea or coffee and your Ugg boots on. As you know, the last 10 days or so, we have had to stay at home. We've been at lockdown. We've had to only go out for essential services. We've had to minimise our contact with other people. The directive has been stay at home as much as you can. And we were talking to some friends yesterday and saying how 10 years ago, this would have been a dream for us. We would have stayed in our pajamas most of the day, had hot drinks, hot coffee, been on the lounge watching movies and Netflix and felt no guilt because we were purely doing what the government was telling us to do. But now I have a household of three little boys under five and staying at home is a bit more challenging. I've heard it said that a friend was talking to a mother of three and said, your children just have so much energy. Where do they get it from? To which the tired mother replies, they suck it directly from my soul. And sometimes our household can feel a little bit like that. It's been challenging to burn off the energy that my boys have while still staying safe. But today I don't want to talk about staying at home. I want to talk about staying in Christ. And I can't think of a better time that we need to be connected to Christ and to stay in him. In John 15, Jesus is sitting down to a meal with his disciples and it's the last meal that he's going to have with his faithful followers before he goes to the cross. It's an important time. This is his time where he gets to pass on his final wisdom before he leaves his friends. What is he going to say to them before he goes to the cross? What is he going to say to these men around the table who have laid down their lives for him, who have followed him, who have seen his miracles, who have believed and trusted in him? What is he going to say? Well, if you have your phones with your Bible app or you have your physical Bible with you at home, I want you to open up to John 15 with me. We'll read from verses 1 to 11. I'm reading from the ESV version if you have that. Otherwise, you can see it on the screen. So Jesus looks around the table and he says to his friends, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish 
and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Throughout John's gospel, Jesus repeatedly refers to himself as I am. Many of you will know that John is connecting to the Old Testament reference where God himself declares, I am. He says to Moses, tell them that I am has sent you. But seven times Jesus uses these word pictures to describe himself as I am. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door to the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. And then finally here, In his final meal with his disciples, at the Passover meal before he goes to the cross, what does he choose to say? He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. At the very end of John's gospel, John tells us that he couldn't write about all the things that Jesus did. But the things he did choose to write about... He wrote so that we would believe that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing we would have life in his name. Jesus wanted his disciples to know and he wanted us to know, he is the vine and we are the branches. But what was he trying to say by this analogy? Well, we're going to go through it, but Jesus wanted us to understand what our relationship with him meant. And he wanted to get across three things in this passage. That we are to abide, that we are to bear, and that we are to become. So we're going to dive into that, but first let me pray for us. Lord God, thank you that whether we are in our living rooms or in the church or in the basement, Lord God, that you are with us. You're with us in this moment now. And so we pray that your word would cut through like you say that it does. Father, speak to us wherever we are. Encourage us, comfort us and challenge us to abide with you, to bear fruit through you and to become like you that our joy may be full. In Jesus' name, amen. So the very first thing that Jesus wants to get across to his disciples and he wants to tell us is to abide. He says it all throughout this passage. In verse 4, he says, abide in me and I will abide in you. In verse 5, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Verse 9, abide in my love. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Jesus is clearly trying to get a point across. He wants us to abide. 
But what does abide even mean? Well, Jesus uses the same Greek word two other times in the Gospels. However, it's in very different contexts. Let me read to you in Matthew 10, 11. Jesus is sending out his disciples to go and preach the good news. He says in Matthew 10, 11, Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. That word stay is the same Greek word that Jesus uses when he says, abide in me, stay. Once again, in Matthew 26, verse 38, when Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, the night before he goes to the cross, he says to his disciples, you can read with me again, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And he says to his friends, stay, stay here and keep watch with me. Once again, that word stay is the same word that Jesus uses when he says, abide in me. So the meaning is clear. Jesus wants us to stay with him. When he says, abide with me, he's staying, stay with me. Some versions translate it as remain with me which is a very interesting thing to say to your disciples when you're about to leave. Jesus has been saying to his disciples over the past few weeks, soon I will be departing from you. Soon I won't be here with you any longer and I'll be going to a place that you cannot go. And then yet here on that last night before he is to depart, he says, stay with me, remain with me. It's like saying to someone, I want you to stay with me and then sprinting off into the distance. This would have been so confusing to them. It also would have been confusing to the people who first received John's gospel. See, in in 70 AD, the temple of God was destroyed. And it was only about 10 years later that John wrote the gospel of John. So the people reading this letter would have been hearing the words of Jesus, stay with me, remain with me, abide in me. And they'd be saying, but the very place that we go to be with God has just been destroyed. God's temple has been taken away. How can we remain with you? But what Jesus is saying is that you don't need my physical body. You don't even need the physical building. You just need me. And see, we too live in a generation where we don't have Jesus standing in front of us. We don't have the temple system where we have to go through all the checks and balances to go and have the presence of God. Jesus says you can boldly approach the throne of grace with confidence and come and receive help in your time of need. Jesus says, you have me, you have the spirit of God within you. So remain in me, abide in me, stay with me and I will remain and abide and stay with you. There are many in this church who is carrying great grief from the loss of Isaac or great confusion and hurt and pain. And all of us as a church family bear that weight of losing a member of our body of Christ But Jesus says, even in your grief, 
even in your pain, in your confusion and your hurt. He invites you to come and just be. Be with him. Stay with him. Be at his feet. It might be through tears. It might be in song. It might be in silence, in grief and in pain. But Jesus says, abide in me. You don't need my physical body. You don't need a temple building. You can be in the car. You could be at home. You could be finding a quick moment amidst the noise. But come and abide in me because I am the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me. Stay with me. We need to be connected to Christ in our good times, in our bad. He invites us to come and remain with him. But why does Jesus call us to abide with him? It's so that we can bear fruit. During lockdown every day, my children and I have been having bonfires, very mini bonfires, in our backyard to try and pass what can feel like very long days. And so during the day, we go for bushwalks and collect sticks. I don't even know if we're allowed to do that. So I wasn't going to mention that on a live stream, but it's come out of my mouth now. We collect sticks, probably not from national parks areas, so maybe it's okay. And we burn those sticks on the fire. And all of us know when we pick up a stick that's fallen off a tree that it no longer has any life in it. We just cast it into the fire. It's not going to keep growing. It's now dead. And Jesus says the same thing. He says, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. The branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. We know that a branch needs to be connected in order for it to have life. But we don't always apply the same principle to our relationship with God. We can miss a day connecting with him. And a day can turn into two days and then a few days. And all of a sudden we can't really remember where our Bible is or we're just feeling a bit disconnected. But we forget that that is where life is. That that branch disconnected from the vine no longer has any life in it. We let the busyness of life, the demands, the priorities, the flashing of our phone, the notifications popping up, the dishwasher needing to be unloaded to draw us away from that vine. But as we do, we disconnect our branch and we miss the life and the power and the joy that Jesus wants to give us when we abide in him. John Piper says that the reason many of us don't spend time with God is not because we don't want to, but because we don't plan to. He says no one wakes up in the morning and suddenly decides to go for a two-week holiday at the beach. We plan ahead. We set aside time in our schedule. We take leave. We pack our bags. We book accommodation. We organise what we want to do each day, where we're going to go, where we're going to eat, when we're out of lockdown. And we need to do the same with our time with God. We need to plan where it's going to be, what we're going to be doing, when we're going to do it. Instead of scrolling through our phone before we go to bed, do we put our phone on the charger in the kitchen and put our Bible beside our bed to have some time with God before we go to sleep? 
Do we do it first thing in the morning when we're having our breakfast and praising God for hot coffee on chilly mornings? God calls us to abide in him, so let's work it into our schedule and prioritise it. Because when we abide in him, it's then that we can bear fruit. He says in verse 4, As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. See, Jesus doesn't just want us to bear fruit. He wants us to bear much fruit, fruit that will last. I remember a few years ago, I went on a trip with Compassion with a group of business people to the Philippines. We were going to see some of the impact that the tsunami had had on some villages that Compassion supported. And I went with a very successful businessman named Alan. He ran a building company and even though he was only in his 30s, it had been incredibly successful and he had a large team and lots of different contracts. He was very wealthy and he was coming to see the work of Compassion. And looking from the outside in, he to me looked like the epitome of success. He had a wonderful family, highly successful business, very involved in his local church. But as we went on this trip and we went around the Philippines and looked at the devastation this tsunami had brought and met families and pastors, we also got to hear a little bit about Alan's story. I found out that he had been betrayed by business partners, that he had been near bankruptcy five times in the short time that his business had been afloat. He'd gone through divorce and so many other struggles with health and finances. And I remember he said something to me that I would never forget. As he reflected on his journey and where he was at that point, he said, I realised that God can't use me unless I'm humble. God had used each of his struggles. On that trip, Alan decided to give a significant amount of money to rebuilding some of the churches and homes that had been destroyed by the tsunami. And it appeared real, I realised that his open hand of the fruit that God had given him had been because God had already humbled him. See, Jesus tells us in this passage that we will bear fruit if we're connected to him, but not only that, it will only happen if we're pruned. He says in verse 2, Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Sometimes we need to be pruned so that we can bear more fruit. See, who does God prune in this passage? Is it those who have run away from God? Is it those who God has abandoned or neglected or ignored? Is it those who God is displeased with? No, it says God prunes those who do bear fruit. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. God never wants us to live a mediocre life. He always has more work for us to do. He always has more fruit to bear through us. If you're being pruned, it means that you're already bearing fruit and he wants more from you. He wants to bear more fruit, more fruit. 
again and again, fruit that will last, fruit that will go into eternity, fruit that will expand your relationships, fruit that will go beyond your own family and friends, beyond. God wants to bear much fruit through you. And in order to do that, we have to stay connected. We have to abide. See, we are mere branches in this world. Disconnected, we're just wood ready for the fire. COVID-19 has shown us how little control we actually have. No financial investor was able to predict a two-year global pandemic for 2020 and 2021. But God knew. And so Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me so that I can bear fruit in you. And ultimately, as we bear fruit, he says, you will become like me. In the final section of this passage, Jesus says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy will be in you and that your joy will be complete. Earlier in the year, my three-year-old started saying whenever he got frustrated, oh man, and my husband and I just thought it was hilarious, but kind of perplexing at the same time. We're like, where is he getting this from? And it wasn't until one day we were driving along and we turned around a corner and we sort of hit some traffic and I exclaimed, oh man. And we realised, of course, he got it from me. Even my eldest child, when he was barely putting sentences together, used to walk around with his little toy phone saying, hello, this is Anna speaking. Yes, I've got to go to work. Because of course, the more time that my children spend with me, the more they become like me. And this is the final thing that Jesus wants to pass on to us. As you abide in me, you will become like me. In 1 John 2.6, it says, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. It's the same principle in that the more we abide with Jesus, the more we become like him. He says in verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. See, sometimes we separate our obedience to Christ with our experience of Christ. We experience Christ, we worship Him, we pray, we hear words from Him, we love Him, we have a spiritual moment with Him, but we disconnect that from the outworking of our obedience. But here, God brings them together. He says, as you will abide in my love, that will overflow in your obedience and you will walk in my commands. See, when I grew up in high school, I thought that following Christ was just about doing the right thing. At my Christian school, we were told, if you love Christ, you'll pick up rubbish in the schoolyard. At youth group, we were told, if you're a Christian, then you won't get drunk and you'll be modest. And so I thought that following Jesus was all about making sure I don't litter and wearing skirts longer than my knees. But I had jumped to the becoming and missed the abiding. I jumped to the commandments and missed the connection. I was trying to obey Jesus before getting to know him. 
Jesus says, if you abide in my love, you will follow my commandments because it's an overflow of falling more and more in love with him. And all of us across Blue Mountain sitting in our living room, we need to stop striving and start staying. We need to stop trying to obey Christ and instead start remaining in him. We need to start, stop just trying to follow the commandment and focus on the connection. Because when we are connected to the vine, then the commandment will follow. As we abide, we will obey. We need to stop doing and start being. Because as Jesus sat around that table with his friends and looked at his most faithful followers in the eye, he knew what was ahead. He knew Judas was going to betray him. Peter was going to deny him three times. He knew that all of them were going to face persecution and struggle and many of them ultimately death. And so Jesus wanted them to know, stay connected to me, abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches and the message to us is the same. In the big and the little, abide in him so that you can bear fruit and become like him. Stop striving and start staying because it's then that his joy will be in you and your joy will be full. God bless you and let me hand back over to Ben.